This episode of Inside the Goblin Universe brought to you by SeatsLink.com, the complete ticket experience. Use promo code GOBLINS with your purchase. SeatsLink.com. Hello, this is Stevie Strings uh, from the Florida Skunk 8 Project, also a partner at Best Dude Film Productions, and I am a Bigfoot hunter, and you are listening to Inside the Goblin Universe. Hello again, Goblins, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. I am but one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I am Sir Brian Bowden. How are you and, tonight? Uh, uh, you know what? It's going to be an interesting show tonight. Uh, and, and we need uh, some of the southern flavor that we're going to be bringing you because we had a very minor snowstorm uh, yesterday and into today. <laughs> Laid down about three or four inches. So I think the south is calling us. So what better than to have a skunk ape researcher from down Florida way yes. to be our guest tonight? I, I agree with you, and I, I go with the old CDB adage, Charlie Daniels, man, the South's going to do it again. <laughs> so I don't think we should waste time because this man is multifaceted. He does virtually everything. Uh, major guitarist. Uh, he's, he's a Bigfoot hunter researcher. He does production work. I mean, he's got it all going on. He's got a ton of good stuff, um, and yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. We've been trying to get him on, but thank you, Alyssa, up in Ohio for uh, introducing us to the one and only, let's welcome Stevie Strings. Stevie, to Inside the Goblin Universe. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing fine. How about you, fine gentlemen? Uh, we're, we're, we're very happy to have you here. And again, like uh, Brian had said, a big thank you to Alyssa Placeros for yes. introducing us. Uh, she has been, uh, she was actually uh, starting to write a book about the unexplained in Ohio. And she seems to have this quite a network of uh, paranormal researchers that she knows. <laughs> yes, and she, she does. pointed us in, in your direction. So, hey, you know what? We're happy that uh, we met you through her. That she does. I actually saw some of your um, photos from the Moss Mothman uh, convention that they had there, and there were some pictures of you too, Mr. Murphy and Mr. Bowden. And, uh, and I was very impressed. She knows everyone. She does. She <laughs> knows absolutely everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think whenever she gets a book up and running, I think that she's going to be a force to to reckon with. But enough of that, Mr. Strings. Now, as I've said, you are from Florida. And you investigate the skunk ape. We got to immediately get into that. I mean, we're going to talk yeah. a little bit of music later, but we got to talk about the skunk ape because as I'm wallowing around here with seasonal <laughs> uh, affective disorder, uh, you know, feeling the wintertime blues, uh, just longing uh, for March the 20th to get here and finally put an end to this wintertime, I need to know about what's going down there in the south. I, I will tell you, I did go on a, a skunk ape tour a skunk ape uh, expedition, not a tour, um, probably 20-some years ago whenever I was just a, a wee lad um, of, you know, in my 20s. Uh, but it's very uninviting down there. I mean, you have sawgrass, you have alligators, you have things that will kill you. Yes. How, do you how do you go after these things? <laughs> we have it all. We have the snakes, we have the big gators, and most of all, we have the giant pythons down in Everglades. Oh, yeah. yeah it, I am down, yeah, all yeah. everywhere. Whenever I, I was down there. I just got back from the glade. 
Yeah, whenever I was down there, to put things in perspective, it was like you had to be worried about alligators. But now it's like a very bad sci-fi movie just you know, <laughs> going all over the place. Now you have to be afraid of like these invasive species that will actually like take deer and kill them. And I, I'm, it's, I'm waiting for scary to take, take one of those sea cows. What the what are the, what are those called? Oh, a manatee. Oh, oh yeah. Manatee. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see that picture of a. Uh, a gigantic python wrapped around a manatee, like half eaten. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be insane. Yeah, hey, you know, have you ever encountered one of those beasts uh, as you were walking? Not a manatee, but a snake. Oh yeah, I run into snakes all the time. Actually, growing up here, I, I was really into the herpetology thing. Uh, I run into um, the common Florida uh, rattlers, Ooh. moccasins, coral snakes. But we have a lot of, you know, non-poisonous that are really cool here, the indigos and stuff. But um, you know what I really hate the worst here is the smallest of all creatures, and that's the mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. I think it's so bad down here that you just inhale them and snort them and everything else when you're out there, especially during the summertime. You know, I love the winters. Like right now, I'm in camel shorts and a T-shirt. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to write that in. <laughs> but, uh, that's actually, awesome. That's uh, good watching weather for, for the florida area i'm more down i'm just south of tampa where um the mayaka state forest is right and they've had uh the mayaks escape um uh, skunk ape sightings there and uh, lots of them so i do most of our research there because we're a split up type group all through florida because that's the florida skunk ape project way just to to look at um database um some kind of migration patterns, you know, from one end, from the Keys, I mean, to the uh, Everglades, all the way up to the Panhandle and then to Georgia and Alabama areas and Los Angeles, uh, Louisiana, and those areas. So, you know what? That's a good point. Let me stop you right there because um, I am a uh, huge proponent of the migration theory that these things are moving, but I never really considered it in relation to Florida because Florida is such a, a unique uh, uh, habitat. You know, you have the Everglades. So you would think that something would stay put. Now, are you finding in your research something that looks like migratory behavior? I do. We... Um like I said, we have a uh, scientist, and she's a wildlife biologist, and she does a lot of our um, swift mud analysis um, compared to the BFRO sightings and other sightings that we have in our data. Right. And I, I do see a, migra uh, a migratory pattern. Um, and actually, uh, there's a couple, I would say, habitual sites in upper Florida. And I'd say Everglades because it's so massive. The Cypress, um, the Cypress Swamp uh, forest there is probably what is it? Second largest, first largest in in the country. So it's a lot of hiding, and it's nice and warm, you know. And I believe the migratory pattern uh, they come from north during um, winter seasons, and uh, we see them. Uh, heading down this way south, and then it, it kind of somewhat reverses. But we seem to see a lot of habitual activity near the panhandle, near the Georgia area. Near the Georgia area. Um, because, yes, if you, um, we have a uh, thermal from our team, from uh, Stacy Brown, junior and senior, 
which depicts a, a Sasquatch in thermal crossing our path and was recorded and this actual visual thermal was torn apart by Cliff Berkman from uh, Finding Bigfoot right. and some others and they spent almost a week here and uh, Flair actually jumped in on it too and they believe uh, give or take this thing was like eight foot or feet give or take a couple inches and about close to five feet wide with almost nearly a seven foot stride I yep. mean, um, it's on one of the big, funny big episodes. Yeah, That's I actually got to see the. Here. Yeah, let me just stop you there. I, I got to see the FLIR images, of course, uh, from the Finding Bigfoot episode. Uh, and it was so incredibly detailed that you could actually see the fingers spread on the one hand of whatever was being captured on the FLIR. But to put it into perspective, uh, in comparison to Bobo, because, of course, they like to do these comparisons, uh, whatever was captured on that FLIR completely dwarfed Bobo, even the hand size. So we're talking about something that was captured in the woods in florida that had a hand much larger than a professional basketball player's hand right actually yes we get a lot of uh, people talking about that hand size and the color of the image uh i know most um people that investigate with flares or thermals some use the ghost type patterns with the multicolors, you know kind of rainbowish um, right and then some others do the white hot where, you know, the, the heat is white. But we like to use um, the black as hot, black hot. Um, it's easier to see snakes and gators on trails because it, I, I think it gives it a better defined image. Um, that's why he probably, it was great to capture that. Um, but uh, not to say that um, the only thing would be really nice that we don't have i don't know if you know some of our work we have some really fine audio uh we have very nice tracks i posted a nice picture today of a track that we found uh, actually a trackway and um we're just lacking a nice night vision which you don't normally see uh very often uh night vision people get thermals there's uh, also another brown uh thermal from another research in California that's got an image out there, and we're, all, we're often confused with him. John Brown, I believe his name is. Yep. You know, but, uh, I, I, I find when we do investigations, um, we do play around with the rainbow uh, uh, portion of the FLIR, but you're 100% correct that if you get that, that black and white, there, there's more details that come out through that um, where you see the hot right. spots, but you also see the actual uh, image, you know, the it, uh, subject matter better than if you use any of the other settings. <clears throat> it just, it just, it's easier on the eyes, and you can definitely pick out more detail in those images, which is key. And I've seen, I've, I've been, you know, while we're, while we've been talking with you, um, I'm gonna, I'm trying to collect some of these images so we can throw it up when we do the, the video end of, of this broadcast. Um, so, because I want to, I want to show some of the people out there and our listeners what we're talking about. This is a really great evidence, and you guys should. I mean, amazing stuff that you, that that that's been caught by you guys. Thank you. Well, we work hard at it, and as like I said, I know there was um, people that noticed the trees weren't predominantly in heat, 
um, being that the black was hot, and you definitely see the, the Sasquatch, but it had rained three days, so the trees were pretty um, cooled down. So I know that's been brought up before. You're, you're, you're always going to get those people, though. You always get those people that just want to pick you apart. And and as an investigator myself, and I know uh, Ron, Ron is an investigator, I, I'm not. we're not trying to sell you anything. This is what we caught. We were there, you know. Um, let exactly. them pick you apart. You're there. You got truth behind you, and I think that's that's all you need. Um, also, it's good at you know. There's no what, what was it? P. D. Barnum. There's no uh, bad PR. <laughs> so people are gonna <laughs> come out and see exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> but and, I, and it's it's amazing. What yeah? I I like to hope that as you and I and um, Mr. Murphy as researchers would all be seeking the general truth and, you know, none of this, you know, he said, she said, or blah, blah, blah. you know, you right. do have the known hoaxers and stuff. And, um, and of course everybody wants to say everything's a hoax. Um, um, and, and what's the irony of that, there's a lot of researching going on that everything's a Bigfoot. I mean, yep. from your pareidolias to, um, you know, sh- shadows to logs <laughs> and say so, but, you know what? It's good. I, I firmly believe, though, it's really going to just take one on the slab. I um, unfortunately, I, don't, I agree, but I don't want to see it. Though. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, being in the film business, I mean, <laughs> you know, look at Harry and the Hendersons. I mean, if somebody's out there <laughs> with that kind of costume, <laughs> please. <laughs> but um, and now with CGI and films and stuff, golly, I mean, you could probably dart one and you know do an endoscopy and cut it open right there and somebody say ah cgi is perfect well they're probably going to say you know yeah they did it about about 16 or 17 years ago they did something with pathologist cyril weck from down here in pittsburgh that was involved uh in the uh you know the kennedy assassination the conspiracy theories behind that and if you can remember uh he was agreeing to the roswell uh black and white video that came out that he thought that they were indeed doing an autopsy on a recovered alien and of course that came out later uh, to be shown a hoax but i think what you're getting at about the idea of you know having one come in on a slab to prove it that it's a genuine species um that's the way that that science unfortunately works uh when people talk about you know you know, you're out there, you're looking for something and everything. Uh, I think that uh, Bigfoot investigators are the most, uh, or people are some of the most uh, daunted and conservative people out there in regards to uh, maintaining the validity of a, a wild animal uh, by not killing it. But it's science that wants us to kill it, you know. And whenever you look at the Audubon expeditions or any of these other things, uh, they weren't out there drawing pretty pictures of these animals. They were killing them. And almost any expedition you look at, there's always these 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 tracks within the writings about the number of animals they killed. That's the way science works. This is not Bigfoot investigators working this way this is science saying that this is the kind of proof that we need exactly and um and how it can be brought to slab who knows i me i personally think it's going to be some 90 year old woman who's going to actually hit and run it over and call bfro <laughs> <laughs> and that's about what it's going to be because you, know, you hear about so many roads yeah down in florida <laughs> there's lots of old people and their parents yep <laughs> and uh it, I see got that old people I, and their parents. <laughs> but um, I, I see it now, anyway. a 67 Fleetwood Brome, 
you know, made from like diesel, <laughs> nailing one of these things. It flips over, lands in the back seat, and like, what do we do now? <laughs> Let's call somebody. Um, yeah. Right. Let's Google Bigfoot, and it's yeah. going to be BFRO, and um, they're going to get the claim to it. Um, I mean, and also is where you get it to. I'm sure the government does know about these things. I mean, um, so if you don't get it on your own property, I'm sure you'll get a visit by uh, MIB or something of that nature. Oh, yeah. And then it never <laughs> So, well, well, I can it, almost understand. In, the, in, your, in your research and, and, and what you're doing right now for the uh, Florida Skunk Ape Project, what, have you, uh, we were discussing a little bit, and you mentioned something about a Class A sighting or experience. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Like what took place? Yes, uh, I can. Sure, that'd be awesome. Okay. okay. Like I said, I do the, um, we have teams in the Green Swamp, uh, up in Apalachicola area, Glades. Um, so I mainly focus, since I live where I live, with the Mayaka um, State Forest there in the state park. And um, back in 2013, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the YouTube video, but it was put out by a gentleman. I think he goes under the name if you were to Google YouTube or if you're in there, it's Mo Power, M-O Power, M-O-P-O-W-E-R. And there's a sighting where, which is actually pretty cool because it's multiple witnesses. And um, the multiple witnesses were about nine or ten. And there's actually, if you watch the video, there's a, uh, it's a, a touristy type of situation. So you get all kinds of people. And there was a German lady there with a telephoto lens, a uh, really nice camera. Well, they were cruising through the park. It's like a seven-mile um, uh, road that goes through the park that goes to the pavilions, et cetera, et cetera. But there's, it's, there's just like 40 miles of trails all away from all that. But as they were going in um, near the Mayaka River, uh, some people started noticing what they thought were monkeys, some kind of big monkeys uh-huh. chasing some deer. Um, the uh, lady with the telephoto lens was saying that there was uh, two monkeys, or it was two monkeys, but actually it was just one. Uh, as the crowd grew, a uh, young man, I mean this young man and his son was cruising through, and they just went right out there, and uh, they snapped pictures. If you watch the video, it's really hard to see from what he took, but you can actually, you have to really pay attention and look for it. You can see it out in that grass, and you see it bobbing, but that grass out there is, like you were saying, it's anywhere from five to six feet tall, and this thing was just jumping it like it was like Lou Alcindor back in the day in the uh, <laughs> NBA, just, just cruising through it, you know, and... Um, so this kid, his son, went out there with his iPhone, and of course he's going to get nothing but blurry shots. But <laughs> there was very interesting set of pictures. <laughs> I mean, once you have a phone and you you see something, you're not thinking about focus and stuff. And I do understand about the blob squatch and the blur squatch. I mean, I, even I'm guilty of that. Um, you know, you go out and you see something really cool, bear or something, you get the camera and oh, just that little bit of vibration, you're going to get a blurred picture. Well, anyways, with that said, um, those pictures is what uh, I went to go uh, check out in the scene. And then that's how I met Stacy Brown, um, who was there to investigate. And he uh, found, like, pigs with their heads uh, twisted off. I think there was like five of them. 
a trackway and so some really cool stuff. So he put out a, um, uh, a, um, an invitation for anybody that researches Bigfoot to come and join him, and they were going to try to find something um, other than what he found, like try to find the real deal. So that's how I came in, and lo and behold, I ran into uh, some of the famous Florida's ones, uh, Tim Fasano, I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, uh, Bill Brock, uh, he was on um, Hunting Caves on the Destination America TV show. Yeah, Monsters um, Underground. Monsters Underground. Monsters yeah. Underground, that's the one on, yeah, on Destination America. And um, I, that's how I met him and uh, Dave Lauer, who was also a Stacey Brown. They won the Spike uh, TV $10 million bounty show on Spike TV with Dean King. And they had this group together, and I wanted to join the group, and I had told them how long I had been into, you know, the skunk ape, you know, since Patty patterson gimmickland thing and uh he said well you know you want to hang out four days you're going to find an unusual way how we do it and uh, you're more than welcome and so he uh bill brock jumped on board too with them and he spent all these teams but i was luckily to go with him bill and um three or two other three other uh, of his team well i think it was the second night we were there we went and we went out to a, a stream creek. We like to follow waterways. No matter what you think about Bigfoot, if he doesn't eat, he's got to drink. Like, I think every animal's got to drink, and he's got to drink often. Um, so we followed the water, waterways, and uh, it was really late. It was a waning moon, and lo and behold, we hear all this stuff crunching out in the woods. Uh, we started getting thermal. It's too thick. Started doing some parabolic, and... We hear grunting and stuff, and, and it sounded like pigs, and lo and behold, here comes the pigs. They come running out, coming towards us. We, uh, mamas and baby pigs are a very dangerous situation here in Florida. Yep. They, um, they chased us, didn't chase us, but went around us and ran towards the lake like they were going to drown themselves. Uh, it was pretty amazing. I was like, wow, they just ran past us. Putting on the parabolics hearing other stuff back there so we do what is called a military hook maneuver which is we'll split in uh, two pairs and uh, we'll go 50 yards and apart and Stacy will be at the very end and uh, we'll just kind of hook it into an area we, we knew that there was a cleared out area at the other side so we went in and I went with Bill Brock and they, uh, he did the DVR well, the DVR was um, old school. This is 2013, so you actually had a battery pack, bag, and a laptop, uh, old DVD player uh, that's recording. And we're in there, and we're all in position. I had parabolic. Uh, the other two guys, 50 yards up and over to our right, had um, handheld flares. Flare and uh, Stacy's at the very end with a um, uh, also his flare. Um, we noticed a hot a hot reading on this tree, and I was with Bill Brock, and I was kind of new with a lot of the newer gadgets and stuff. I'm kind of old school. I'm I have um, Indian in my family, so I you know I just go you know with the tracking type things, but. 
I noticed this thing, and I tell Bill, I said, wow, that's a really large head, and it's next to the, I noticed one tree, it was a palm tree that was broken, and um, it was giving off some heat, and I said, oh, this big head-looking thing could be a raccoon, so it's right next to the tea trees, and Bill tells me he's been doing this a lot uh, longer than I had, he said, no, that's just one tree. And as I looked again, I can notice it was swaying. And then around the broken tree, I could see the head. And they kept picking and looking and peeking, doing the, the um, notorious tree peeking. <laughs> um, uh, this was like a waning moon and very, very, very mossy hammock type with palmettos and everything. So you couldn't see much more than, you know, in front of your hand in front of your face. And I just looked, told Bill, I said, well, you know what, dude? Um, I'm just going to go up there and just see what the hell it is. And uh, if anything, you know, wraps me against the tree, uh, check my fingernails and my teeth because I will get some DNA. And um, while I'm walking to this, you know, I've never seen, I've been looking for any, a Bigfoot from, since I was a kid, never thinking anything other than, wow, what if this is a poacher? And, you know, I'm in a lot of trouble. Poachers don't like to be found. <laughs> <laughs> don't like to go to you. So as I approached this tree, I, I estimate I was maybe five feet. And then that's when all hell broke loose. I hear this. Like, and a uh, stomping through the ground that would make you bones jump out of your skin. Just going through these palmettos. I don't know if you know Florida, Google it, but we have palmettos that are, are, are just everywhere. And this thing was like... Uh, OJ on the run, and when he used to run with football, not from the cops. Yeah. <laughs> this right. thing was without the white bronco, without the white bronco, without the white, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> without the white, exactly. <laughs> this thing was clearing these woods. I was uh, amazed. I seen um, the other two investigators with the hand flare. Uh, I know he was snapping pictures, and then I hear a Stacy running after this thing just shortly and the next thing i know he's like it, it just left him it just left him in 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 the, in the dark and i hear him just screaming at us like lights on because we do everything uh in the dark right and um and that's the way we like to do it and um He's like, what happened? What's going on? Who just, what, what are we looking at? What just, he thought it was us. He's screaming greenhorns. And I'm like, uh-oh, that means rookies. And uh, I said, don't worry, you know, we got it on film. He comes back and the other two investigators that were 50 yards, which is nice because it chased it towards them, which we're trying to do, right. which in, made it go towards Stacy, which it was kind of a pattern that kind of somewhat was worked, but uh, as we're looking at the flare that he snapped with, are you familiar with the handheld flares? Oh, yeah. Um, you can snap pictures, but you don't get video on some of those. Like right. mine, I don't. Uh, this thing was so close, it, as you can see, he was using white hot. It was just a white blur. I mean, you could actually see the fur, but it was just so close to him that there was no image but white. <laughs> I saw that white screen. Knowing, knowing, the flare, then, uh, knowing those flares, that's really close. <laughs> That's very close because yeah. they thought it was us running in front of them, you know, and everybody was very confused. I, um, and then I was told, I, I said, don't worry. I think we got some of the best thermal imaging that um, was ever recorded, uh, better than your father's. And he was very, 
wanting to see this, but that was um, was not recorded. Uh, was it technical error? Was it operator error? I don't know. Um, I, that's a story for Bill Brock to <laughs> have on the show. And <laughs> well, you, you, I, but uh, it's very interesting you said that because something that I've experienced with my experiences with this creature is um, we were in pitch black as well. We had the encounter. Um, this thing did a bluff charge. It, it, it grunted three times. It whooped three times. Then it, it got pissed off and threw a rock. We had everything. We had full spectrum. We had night vision. We had infrared. We had FLIR. You name it. Nothing was coming up. And and some of the equipment started to fail. And one of the uh-huh. theories out there is that this creature somehow manipulates it, which I was thinking it was hogwash before I had my experience. Um, so there may be something to this creature setting out a uh, even infrasound and somehow affecting something, uh, waves or something to that effect where you're recording, but you're not getting anything. Right. I've had uh, evidence show up before on even high eight, uh, but that's still a film. Uh, but I've never had anything um, jump out at me on digital before. Wow, that's very interesting. I... Myself have recently seen some really odd things that I thought I never related to Bigfoot, and actually, uh, some of my other team members um, is these um, lights. They're I wouldn't say so much as an orb, um, more like something uh, if you're familiar with the brown lights in North Carolina, right, right. something like that. But we have seen those, and um, and it always seems like there's some kind of Bigfoot activity after that. Or just before it, and um, so there's. You're right. And light is energy, and energy draws from other energy. So I mean, it doesn't take too much um, of a scientist to see that. But um, I see your point about things um, going dead because it's happened to us too. Well, it's interesting. And it's you really strange. It's happened to me. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, it's kind of interesting. We had Stan Gordon on, right, uh, Ron? And, and he was re- referring to a story where there was a Bigfoot. These people lived off the grid in the cabins, and she thought it was the coyotes or something, the wolves trying to harass her on the door. She opens the door. I'm summing this up. And standing, like, no more than two feet in front of her is a Bigfoot. And she goes and shoots. There's a big white light. It disappears. So, I mean, there's wow. other, there's other light-related uh, interesting stories that re- uh, revolving around Bigfoot that makes you want to question now whether this thing is uh, flesh and blood or it has uh, an ability to camouflage itself somehow. Yeah, what do you say about that? Um, yeah. That's an interesting topic. Uh, I, I, I assume that you are a flesh and blood camp guy, uh, but do you think that there's any uh, credence to the fact that this thing could be interdimensional? I'd like to think not. I like to think in logical, uh, but I, I uh, do a lot of stories, um, and I recently talked to this woman in the Gothi Forest, um, a lot of big, uh, BFRO sightings and others that are there, and that's what all she talks about is, oh, they, they show up through the lights, and I go, like, orbs? She goes, no, it's more like a flashlight coming out of the ground. And I, and I just listened and listened and she, and she says, but I got pictures and, and that's when I'm really interested. Yeah. And some of these pictures that she showed me, I mean, there's a paradoia, but then there's, you know, you have to really look and say, wow, I see appendages and, you know, but 
some of these pictures they had like um, lights around waist high like a image of, of, of a, I don't know how, like almost like a solar flare type image with, you know, stringing stuff. And it was just really interesting because these pictures were also blurred, but, you know, you can definitely make out appendages and stuff. And I was pretty in awe, kind of scratching my head in other parts of the body. But I was, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I surely don't understand. But then again, not everything's understandable. But I like to think of the flesh and blood thing. Um, uh, being of an, uh, some Indian background, they talk about it as a spiritual thing. Uh, it was the same right. as a lot of people see it. Now, do the tribes down in Florida feel the same way as well, too, as the, uh, the tribes of the Pacific Northwest and the Plains Indians? Do they have the same um, uh, belief that this creature is a, a spiritual animal, it is a missing link, it is a type of human? What is their feelings regarding this? Oh, very high spiritual link. Um, actually, they, they believe, a lot of symbols believe it's a, another tribe of... Uh, Really? Being? Yeah, I've heard that. Blood. I've heard yes. that before. Right? Yeah, I've heard that before. That it was a uh, another tribe that just simply uh, parted ways with uh, the more human, uh, the more human tribes. Would that be going with a right, legend, like lead. like transformation, like uh, almost like a, a shaman would would transform into something, so that they sought a different path? Right. Exactly, and they, um, you know, I'm not saying shape shifting or anything, but that's also brought up. Uh, but they think it's got, you know, it has a language of itself. It's got, you know, lingual communications uh, of, of types of chattering. Um, but they firmly believe it's uh, it's there. Uh, flesh and blood, though. Uh, they bring, I know lots of, of the natives in the Everglades, they, they tell the children, you know, they can't go out after dark in certain areas, not to go out during menstruation. The women, uh, they watch their... Um, their wives, you know, at night to the cars or homes or stores or whatever. I mean, they really, you know, everyone has a Bigfoot story down there in the uh, Seminoles. Some don't, some do. I mean, a lot do. I mean, they really just like it's nothing. You know, I, 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 you know they, they want to talk about something else. Oh, yeah, he, he lives out there. It's, there you know. it's very interesting the precautions <laughs> they that they all take, you know. They, I mean, if, exactly. they're, if, if they're taking these precautions... This is from, this is, you know, we had a storyteller on uh, who, the old way of telling, you know, you know transfer, transforming information from one to the next and transferring it that way. Um, this is something to be looked into. If, they're, if they know that, that women have a problem, you know, don't go out when you're menstruating or the children. Um, this goes back in David Pallades, who's who talks about uh, missing 411. Mm -hmm about these people walking in national forests, uh, seven in a row, walking up a path. The next thing you know, some guy's gone. There's nowhere, where, where could they go? So, pretty yeah. interesting. Oh, exactly. And these are passed on through generations, too. So it's just not like a, a, um, a story within 50 years. Oh, my grandfather's grandfather told me, told us this, and or was handed down these stories. And, and actually, I talked to an Indian, uh, a local down by, believe it or not, by uh, Dave Sheely's Skunk Cape headquarters. And um, he was sitting outside, and uh, I went there just to see if, uh, to, to do an interview with Sheely, and he wasn't there. And um, this old Indian was sitting out there, and um, I just, you know, kind of moseyed over and wanted to talk to him. And he noticed some of my ink, and 
and noticed some of my jewelry and then I started bringing up Bigfoot and he goes, oh yeah, he said, um, they, my father's and all them used to tell me that for years and I just laughed and stuff. I go, oh, <laughs> so you tell me you saw one. And he's like, oh, yeah, not until he was like 28. And um, he, uh, he used to tell me the story that he was out and frogging and gigging in the Cypress uh, swamps on the reservation lands. And he had uh, the truck with the floodlights on the top and he was getting ready to leave and he turned them on and there it was in the tree line. It's probably about 15 to 20 yards, and it was holding on to a branch, and it was just shaking on it, and said he stood there for like 15 minutes, and uh, it left back in the tree line. And then he um, said he hadn't seen one since, and then he said he saw one maybe months earlier, maybe two months earlier, and I was going, well, where did you see that? And then he points right over at 41, right in front of the Sheely um, <laughs> Uh, Skunk Ape headquarters there. He said he crossed the street and uh, he said that's the entrance to the reservations um, or the trails that lead to the reservation uh, lands of the Seminoles, which a lot are not allowed to go unless you're a native local. Right. But it was very interesting that he didn't believe in it until he actually, you know, he was more of the modern. Native American that had actually an iPod or something, and, but uh, he said it happened to him when he was like 28. And, so <laughs> that'll wake that you was up. Pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that that kind of gets you like you know, it gives you a, a check. That's a real like uh, gut check right there. It's like, uh, did I just see that? I heard about it for years, but now I actually saw it. But um, I, can I split? If it's alright with you, Ron, we switch a little bit of gears here because. Stevie has a, a company that he works with, and they do production, and they do uh, video production, and it's uh, it's Best Dudes Production, and he they have a new movie out. Um, I just caught it. Stevie mentioned it to me, and, and I'm going to actually write up a review. It's fantastic. It's available on Amazon.com, and it's called Roswell 70 Years Later. How did you... Yeah, bro- Brian yeah. was gushing about this. I've not had time to watch it yet. As soon as we get off here, I am going to be able to, to, to watch a, a bit of it. Uh, but he has been beside himself talking about this. And I will tell you this, uh, to, to you, uh, Stevie, and to the listeners, uh, Brian does his research before anybody comes on, and he is up to date on all the all the videos that are put out there, whether they're documentaries or whether they're uh, you know they're they're, they're fantasies or, or docudramas, or what have you. So whenever he gives you an accolade, my friend, uh, take that to heart. So he, the guy's <laughs> the guy's pretty rough. He's like he's like Cisco and Ebert. Yeah, I'm uh, combined actually. I'm about his, <laughs> but that's right. Yeah, that's right. about both of them. Um, no, and I, I thank you for that, Ron. And it's the truth because there's been some some movies out recently about Roswell and and other areas that had uh, UFOs and, and what have you. And I, I'll tell you, you know, we're, we're in 2018, 2017, and they're using video footage from, like, when VCRs just came out <laughs> in the, like, early 80s. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like uh, you got all this, this technology and there's some better stock out there. You guys put together a pretty nice piece of, of, of film here. Um, it was very interesting. It goes by very quick. It's only forty-five minutes runtime, but I, I, you know, I'll write a better, inter- better review for you later. I'll throw it up on uh, our, our site and as well uh, with a link. But you did a fantastic job. Uh, where did this come about? This, who, who came up with the idea of saying, "Hey, let's let's do something about uh, Roswell"? Because I personally think it's been beaten to death. 
but you threw some other ideas in there like you know it makes you want to think like uh things have changed or been misconstrued <laughs> right <laughs> well well first of all thanks for the kind words and everything but we did work really hard on this i am a uh, i am partners in the best dude and stacy with stacy brown and i'm also the first ad and that's um first assistant director for those who right. don't know what that is but um we got this together because we had done some other um fringe media type of things uh, just odd stories and stuff uh, paranormal ghosts and um because you know you have the equipment you know and people ask you, you know, hey you want to go look for a ghost or some of that stuff you know, I'm <laughs> sure we'll jump on board you know it's friday night whatever <laughs> um, so somebody had brought something up about UFOs, and we already had the film uh, production started. Right. And we did a film on in Bigfoot uh, called Creatures, which is in um, post-production. It's almost done. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do with it. We're thinking about reshooting it. But meanwhile, somebody had come up and was talking some UFOs and stuff, and then um, Roswell was brought up. Of course, it is the story of stories with UFOs. Yep. Uh, so we just had an idea. We're not giving away too much on the film. Why don't we just go see what's going on? You know, this is the 70th uh, year anniversary. And let's just see what's really going on when we could find out and in, in, in what's new. And so without giving it very, you know, the movie away, we had um, Nick Redfern, author of over, holy golly, 60 books, I believe. From everything Bigfoot, UFO, alien conspiracies, he does it all. And he adds a really interesting twist to this uh, as Bill Brock is on it. Yep. He. It's interesting that you had brought up the autopsy. I yes. Give this, a little bit of this, okay. That is brought up uh, also and who and what and what happened with that film and what that was all about. For some that don't know, I mean, there are some people that... that uh, uh, so, oh, we already know that, or that, that. We didn't put it out for, you know, we put it out for everybody to watch. You, and then yeah, and you, that's the way we wanted to do it. You did you did a fantastic job with it. And what was fantastic was you didn't beat, you didn't beat the horse to death. You didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Uh, but you did come up with some other alternative ideas out there. And, I mean, Ron, Ron studies a lot of this stuff uh, because he lives near Chestnut Ridge. And, uh, you know, if we had a tremendous amount of time, we can go into that, that detail right there. But um, it's, it was just right. presented very well. It, it actually made you think a little bit like, uh, let me look at it at a different angle. And I love that stuff. I love thinking outside the box <laughs> because that's how you discover new theories or, or get, get some good answers. Um, so I, exactly. I think you guys and did a great job. And and you can't go wrong. And I don't, you know, I don't want to belittle anybody, but I mean, to rent the movie is three ninety nine, <laughs> and 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 it's worth it. Um, and you could buy it for ten dollars. It, it's even, you know, because you may want to go revisit this again. But as far as cinematography is concerned, direction, um, dialogue, you have some really great Nick Redfords in there. Bill Brock makes an appearance. I mean, it's just fantastic. It's very much worth taking a look because I think it's it's. One of the few things out there that offers you some alternative questions to ask regarding Roswell. I don't need to see 
uh, Stanton Friedman anymore. I, I've seen his double chin enough. I don't need that guy anymore. Um, I don't think, I'm sorry to say it, Ron. I, I'm I'm gonna be vicious here. I am so sick and tired of you. If you don't know that Roswell took place, then you're an idiot or you're just been under a rock. And the thing that I can't understand is he is still, you know, <laughs> doing conferences on the same bandwagon yep. that he's been doing for the last, you know, 20 years. I'm finding it very hard to believe that he has this kind of staying power. I'm not sure why he just doesn't jump back onto the cover of Count Chocula Serial and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> that or, or, you know, every time I see Stanton Freeman, I got to see, it reminds me of the original uh, uh, Godzilla film with Raymond Burr and all his line was that. <laughs> Throughout the whole damn movie, is he's looking for something? Yeah, he's looking for he's looking for cocoa. Well, <laughs> he reminds me of Simon Bar's sinister. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the eyebrows. It must be the eyebrows. Stan, you're that's welcome on the program, where you can defend yourself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Get in touch with Brian. It's all the Goblin Universe. Yes, please do. I, I would love to talk well, to Stanton. Um, except but, we won't talk to him about. We won't talk about Roswell, though. No, I think we should talk about something he else. He was like- briefly brought up. He was briefly brought up in the film. If you listen to Beth, um, who was the UFO Museum, right. one of the curators and runs the library. Their library is extensive. I mean, I re- recommend it if you're passing through oh, Roswell yeah. just to go into that museum. It's a must-see, that the library, if anything. If you're really a ufologist or really into that, it's there. So you could spend a lot of time in there. But she gives her aspect, and that's what we tried to do. We had to move on. Um, Mr. Fagel, who did uh, just hundreds and thousands, uh, thousands of reports, and we tried to get, uh, with Nick referring, everybody's what you really think at the end. I mean, right. Beth gives, it, gives you the story from beginning to end, and, but she puts her own spin, which she never has done before, uh, what she thinks. And she's very, very smart, very smart. Uh, I really enjoyed um, filming her. But and also the mayor. I mean, he was great. Well, he was fantastic. He really welcomed us, and he, you know, not to give it away at the very ending, but he has quite the credentials. Yes, and, <laughs> before and, he was the mayor. And I'm not going to give it away, but watch the movie and watch through the credits. You gotta watch through the credits. Most people yeah, see through the credits. It's very yeah, short credits. Yeah. Well, I don't know. About, I, I don't know and, if Ron's children do this. My my oldest watches till the very <laughs> end of the movie because there's so much you miss in there um it's classic examples ferris bueller's day off but that's besides the point but you gotta watch this one of the cool things that i loved about this movie and i don't i don't think i'm giving anything away but um you guys went out to use a lot of drone footage and a lot of use drone work which mm-hmm. is beautiful but what they run they go out to the actual supposed crash site and they have this. They have the license. They have all their permissions, the approvals. They flip this drone thing on to go, you know, start flying, and they automatically get a message. This is a no-fly zone. Now, wow. just, just picture this: stand in the middle of of, of the desert, you know, or, or no the New Mexico desert, you know, and for like miles upon miles, there's nothing. There is nothing. It's it's barren. Why is there no fly zone there still? Right, right, right. You know, so yeah, it's very interesting. Something they don't want to have you see from above. Yeah, I, I'm thinking exactly. there's there's something big going on there. I mean, I, you know, I think it's Google Earth time, but they they'll, they'll black that out. But I just wanted to bring that up. I didn't mean to uh, take you off, and and it's actually a good time because we're we're closing in in about 
five to six minutes left in, the, in, well, in our show tonight. The, we have to go right to the music. We promised yes. the goblins that we were going to talk music, so we cannot leave them hanging. So yes. I tell you what, for the for the yeah, last four there. minutes, yeah, last four minutes, let's go music. Yes, let's How, do it. How's the band? How's subject. it going? How's it? Oh, and and you you oh. are. <laughs> how's it going with the uh, uh, the band? It's actually going fairly well. I. Um, have a studio here and with hurricane the hurricane that just passed through right. Irma, it pretty much destroyed my studio but uh warehouse that i've had for over 30 plus years uh. and we actually recorded our self-titled album stacy brown and the big bad wolf which is basically stacy brown and i am the wolf i i lay the bass tracks uh do the keyboards the uh, all the leads i write the leads and um the harmonies and stuff like that and that too uh, album is available we were voted drr top in the in the top five this nice. year on drr digital radio yes uh, we worked hard at that as we do our films and um we've gotten to open and play with some really cool people psycho beard uh, tantric smile empty soul non-point uh, this is pretty cool stuff. And, and but me living here in Sarasota, I play a lot around here. By our, with uh, Dickie Betts lives here. A lot of the old uh, Almond Brother alumni live here. Some of, the, uh, of course, ACDC Brian Johnson lives here. Ah, nice. He just lives down the road a little bit. Yes, and um, the guy from Firehouse. It just goes on and on. Uh, who's uh, Simon, Paul Simon's mom lives here, so you'll see him around here. You'll see people like Steven Tyler's mom lives here. Uh, you'll see him here every once in a while. Uh, just, it's just an array of musicians in Sarasota. That's, uh, that's pretty, cool. pretty interesting. I didn't, I didn't know Sarasota was that much of like a music music capital. Um, normally when you think down south, you, the first place you're hitting is Nashville. You know, or Memphis, exactly. uh, but Sarasota is looking like it's a rocking place. We got to go down there, uh, Ron, and start a uh, Goblin Universe band. I, well, I don't play an <laughs> instrument, nor can I sing, but I will go down there with you. But you and, write, uh, and you can write lyrics, so it's fine. It works. Yeah, I guess that's true. And you know that, yeah. And the technical, they, they always need the technical aspect. People behind the music, yes, I, I adore. They're just a part of the band. I mean, you can't have a band without a great sound man and stuff like that. <laughs> you don't have a and good you sound man. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> you're dead. They, it never piss one off if you're you, yep. you're um you come to and you have an uh, online there. I mean, a back line, and you got to depend on uh, somebody's sound man in the club. <laughs> Do not piss them off. <laughs> but it, it, but it's it's. I mean, like, great music. And I was, you know, I was listening to it before we, we started the show. Um, it's fantastic. And we're going to put some, if it's all right with you guys and uh, Stacey Brown and the Big Bad Wolves, we're going to be oh, probably yes. uh, starting the show and ending the show with some of your music. And then we're going to throw some of those uh, links to uh, uh, anything you've released um, because it's good. It's, it's, I mean, this is, this is rock and roll. This is the way it should be, not the stuff that they were giving, you know, patting themselves on the back the other night about. <laughs> Southern fraud, rock and roll, that's right. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, the Goblins will want to be buying this stuff, so what's the best way to do that? You can go to Facebook, which is the, the god of social media. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or goddess, for all you women out there. Uh, and you can find us at Stacy Brown in the Big Bad Wolf. 
Uh, you can find us at Best Dude Film Productions, or you can personally find me as Stevie Strings. I'm the one with the clown face makeup. I don't know if you've seen our videos, but <laughs> I'm the scary guy, and people ask me where the clown stuff came from. And I'm also an independent actor, and I did a film with uh, Bill Mosley. He was from the Rob Zombie films, right. Those Rejects, yep. and uh, The House of Thousand Corpses. He played Otis. So I was in a film with him, and I was a cannibal clown. And so that's where that came, and now I play in that uh, makeup <laughs> attire. <laughs> and so, but you can personally friend me at Steve Strings, too, and I'll give you all the links. And there is also a. Uh, my website, which is Stewie's Playhouse, S-T-E-E-W-E-E, playhouse.com. And that's, don't say Pee-wee, because actually Pee-wee Herman lives here in Sarasota, too. He was born here. I mean, he um, <laughs> went to high school here and everything. <laughs> he, that's uh, awesome. I was going to tell you a joke, but I don't want to on Pee-wee Herman. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I <had> to. <laughs> But anyways... Uh, you, you can do that, yeah. and uh, you'll find, like I said, Stacey Brown and the Big Bad Wolves is for the music part in Best Dude Film Productions, and you can personally uh, Facebook us too, Stacey Brown Jr. or Stevie Strings. Cool. And, and you'll uh, find a lot of interest. If someone has a sighting, just definitely get get in touch with these guys because uh, they're gonna. If especially if you're down south, if you if you if you're southbound, uh, you want to definitely give them a, a hit them up and, and contact them and. They're going to get out there, and they're going to do some really good investigative work. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. Are you yeah. going to be at any conference in 2018? Is there any place where people can come see you? Yes. Yes. We're hoping to premiere the – we're working on a new film. This will be our fourth film out, and it's going to be called The Florida, uh, Florida Skunk, or the Skunk Ape Lives. Ah. And it's going to be a documentary on uh, Florida Skunk Ape from one tip state to the other. And we're going to try to premiere that at the Texas conference in April, uh, mid-April. And it should be something else. So well, I, we're I, working really hard to get that done. We're we got to get we, we, we're gonna be doing a, trying to do a lot of conferences this year, Ron. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Well, a, April, though, that's right around the corner. That probably won't right. happen this year. But keep us in mind for 2019 because you yes. will be our link for any kind of the Southern conferences going on. Right, yep. and uh, Stacy, we're hoping to do the international Bigfoot one up in, I believe, Oregon. Don't, don't. I think that one's sure. That's in Washington, I think. Washington, Washington. Yeah, I get Mr. Cord Russell Cord is actually an executive producer on the film and does the narration. He's the one that puts that one together. He's a Bob Gimlin. I think uh, he's uh, close ties with him. Actually, cool. he's doing a film on Bob Gimlin. So, yeah. So, we're going to try to do that one, too, that conference. Well, I have never done that one. And we actually put on the Florida Skunk Ape Conference two years ago. We'd like to put on another one, but I don't know about this year, but we will get that together. Sometimes oh, you got to have one for 2019. You 2019. have to have a Florida Skunk Ape Conference in 2019. Right. You run the, you run the films there. And, and you know, it's, sometimes it's good to skip a year for, uh, for conferences and reunions and that type of stuff. So it, it's going to work out. But if we get to Texas, I'm going to make it a mission that Ron and I both get the 96-ounce steak. And we try to eat that sucker. And, you know, <laughs> let's go Bigfoot on that thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, I might come and join you. <laughs> you, you. You're more than welcome. Then we'll get on stage and we'll do a little, uh, you know, like uh, rawhide and whatever. <laughs> Two little blues uh, brothers. Yes, up I am there. too. Also, a prof 
<laughs> I, am, I am also a professional eater. I can definitely devour. Well, well as, as many people have seen from my photos, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't diet. So um, I, I've made that my, my New Year's resolution to do drink and, and smoke and do whatever I got to do. But unfortunately for this yeah, New Year's I'm, revolution, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we're, unfortunately we did run out of a lot of time and we're going to go. We've got about two minutes left. I do want to thank you for coming on the show. I'm sorry it took so long to get you on here with all the mayhem, but definitely come back when when you're doing the Skunk Gate premiere, and and we definitely want to have you back on and get you know see if uh, Stacy Brown wants to jump on with you or whatever. That would be great. Oh, thank you, gentlemen, and it was fine. And everybody is listening to in the goblin universe <laughs> that's right inside the goblin universe and we need that music to go along there as well yes. too so we'll actually know that they've entered it <laughs> we could use that oh. definitely but it, it's right. that magic moment uh, I'm going to deter to Dr. Murphy Professor Doctor, <laughs> Dr. Ronald Murphy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was a blast to have you on here, my friend. It flew by. The hour flew by. Uh, we probably have another hour and a half, two hours to talk about things. Oh, yeah. But for now, until next time, please, yeah, come on back. You are now a uh, family member of Inside the Goblin Universe. You have the key. We also leave one under the welcome mat just in case you forget that. Yes. So, yeah, come, come on in, grab yourself a beer, and we'll talk again. But, uh, yeah, hey, we'll sign us out. To all the goblins out there, my name is Ronald Murphy. I am Brian Bowden. And we'll see you next time Inside the Goblin Universe. <laughs>